This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. وَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَشُدَّهُ آتَيْنَاهُ حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِي الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَرَاوَدَتْهُ الَّتِي هُوَ فِي بَيْتِهَا عَنْ نَفْسِهِ وَغَلَّقَتِ الْأَبْوَابَ وَقَالَتْ هَيْتَ لَكْ قَالَ مَعَاذَ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ رَبِّ شَحْلِ صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْتَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي فَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن استنى بسنته إلى يوم الدين اللهم اجعلنا منهم ومن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين رب العالمين once again, everyone, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. I'm going to share with you a very short dua today and um, a very heavy lesson behind it. It's just two words. Those words are ma'adallah. The words are from Yusuf alayhi salam and he uses the words ma'adallah. Allah Azza wa Jal describes in the story of Yusuf alayhi salam that he was as a child uh, abducted. He was taken away from his father. His brothers threw him in a ditch, basically almost a dried up well. And they left him there, and from there he was taken and sold as a slave. We also learn from the story, and it's hinted at in the Qur'an, and then in other narrations it's more explicit, that he grew up to be an unusually good-looking man. And he's a good-looking man, a young man, and he's also a servant. And he, he, he serves as, you could say, just one of the house servants in the house of a minister. His name is Al-Aziz in the Qur'an. That's not a name, it's a title, minister, essentially. Someone who has authority and respect in society. And Allah describes this character and He describes Imra'atul Aziz, the wife of that minister. It seems that the wife of that minister had some sort of a psychological issue. She was uh, an unhappy housewife. She didn't get the attention she needed from her husband. Whatever the issue was, she, Shaitan came and whispered to her quite a bit. So she sees this young servant of hers all the time serving in the house and she starts fantasizing about him and thinking about him and wants his attention towards him. And of course she has authority over him too. Now before I go any further, in the Qur'an, Allah Azza wa Jal does not describe how crazy women can get about men. In fact, the other way around, Allah does describe how crazy men can be about women. It's the other way around. Typically it's the man pursuing the woman. You know, in Arab culture, for example, they name all the, all the animals that hunt, they name boys after them, like Asad, lion, you know, things like that. And then girls are named after a lot of times animals that are hunted, like ghazal, you know, because the asad is going to get the ghazal. <laughs> That's the idea. So, but the idea that one is the pursuer and the other is the pursued. But in this story, you kind of find the flip. You, you, you find the reverse. You find the woman is pursuing the man in this case. And typically what you find is women may be attracted to, you know, uh, intelligence. They may be attracted to appearance. They may be attracted, more so attracted to status, intelligence, Charisma, personality, etc., etc. This is a woman who's the wife of an elite. She's the wife of a minister, and she's now attracted to a servant. So there's clearly something unusual about his looks, and also something missing in her psychologically. 
this idea that you know uh, Allah Azza wa Jalla before He tells us this du'a and what the incident that occurred, Allah tells us something unique about Yusuf salam. And before you think about Yusuf salam, you have to think about um, any young man at that state. So you're a young man. You don't have parents with you because you've been separated from your parents. So he hasn't been raised by under any parental supervision. Nobody teaches him religion. There's no Muslims around him. So he's not getting religion from anywhere. He, he learned some of it from his father, but he's been separated since that time. And whatever he does in his free time is his business. And he's a young man living essentially in a non-Muslim society. That's what it is. It's a non-Muslim society. And he's a very good-looking young man. Again, with no adult supervision. And now he's reached puberty. He's a teenager or he's a late teenager, you can call him. Maybe he's 18, 19 years old. We don't know the exact age. But then Allah describes when he, when he became a young man, what were some of his qualities? And Allah says, آتَيْنَاهُ حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ There are three qualities that Allah Azza wa describes of Yusuf salam, And through describing those qualities, He's actually teaching young men, especially young men, what three qualities they should be aspiring for. What qualities should they want in themselves. The first quality Allah describes is hukman, wisdom. The ability to make firm decisions, well thought out decisions, logical decisions, sensible decisions. That's hukman. And then he says, ilman. And he also granted, Allah also granted him knowledge. You can simply put wisdom and knowledge. So wisdom first, knowledge second. Usually you think of these two things in the opposite order. When a child is young, he doesn't have wisdom, but he can also, but he can learn a lot of what? Knowledge. They can memorize quickly. They can go from one grade to the next grade to the next grade. A child, young, young people can memorize Qur'an much faster than older people, right? Their ability to acquire ilm is actually much better, but their ability to have hikmah or hukum is much weaker. Wisdom comes with older age, with experience, right? So those two things are usually in reverse order. And to give you a simple example that I often give, you can have a young man who's 18, 19 years old, very smart, gets an A in every class, gets 100 on the math test, on the biology test, on the chemistry test. And even though he's so intelligent and has a lot of ilm, that doesn't mean that when he gets a new car, he's not going to speed. Right? So he's intelligent, but doesn't have much wisdom. You understand? So in some things very smart, in some things not very smart at all. Right? So it's the age where knowledge is easy and wisdom is hard. About, Musa, about Yusuf salam, Allah actually says, Allah first granted him the power to make firm, wise, well thought out decisions. This is the age in which you do first, think about it later. This is the age where young men, even those of you that are now older and have gray hairs like myself, or even older, when you think of those, that age, when you're a teenager, you, the impulse comes, you just do. And then think about it later. And somebody tries to stop you, ah, I don't care. You just do it. You know? And later on in your years, you're like, man, how stupid was I? Well, what did I do? Why did I do that? And then you see your kids doing it, or you see some, your younger brother doing it, and you try to stop him, and he says, oh yeah, I remember when I was little, and you used to do it. You were no different. So, uh, yes, I, I wasn't any different because I didn't have any wisdom. You understand? And you know, a lot of times young men feel confident. You can't tell me what to do. I'm not stupid. I get A's. I'm smart. Yeah, you have ilm, but that doesn't mean you have hukum. So Allah describes Yusuf salam with, especially, you know, if a guy is not very good looking, if he's like scrawny or like not very charismatic personality, not very attractive or whatever, then he's not going to get into too much trouble. You understand? But if a guy is charismatic and he's young and he's no, no adult supervision and he's good looking, then there's going to be problems. 
There's going to be problems. And at that point, wisdom is going to be a lot harder. And on top of that, he's intelligent? Oof, that's lethal combination. So, so with, with that, Allah gave Yusuf this firm ability to make decisions. And then Allah put that to the test. Now he's this young man, and Allah describes, وَرَاوَدَتْهُ أَلَّتِي هُوَ فِي بَيْتِهَا Rawada comes from Ruwaid in Arabic. Ruwaid means slowly. Slowly, okay? And the, the idea of Ruwaid is she slowly tried to seduce him. She didn't just do it one time. Slowly dropped hints at him. You, she dropped hints at him by, you know, talking to him in a certain tone, laughing a little extra hard, just these small gestures that you don't think, oh, that, that didn't mean anything. But for a young man, if a woman gives him attention, and a beautiful woman gives him attention, and she's smiling, he's like, you know, something happens inside. Oh my God, I'm going to marry her. You know, that much attention. Because, you know, that's the age where you just discovered your manhood. And, you know, every, you fall in love every other woman you see. That's what happens to you. Oh my God, that's the one. Oh no, that's the one. Rawadatu <laughs> She's the one giving him attention, and she's giving him attention little by little by little. And she's trying to make him slip an nafsihi, which suggests she wants him to slip from himself. In other words, he's always reserved. She drops a little bit of a friendly gesture, he's always serious. He always, let me clean the room, I'm gonna leave. Let me fix the lawn, I'm gonna leave. Is there anything else? No? Okay, thanks. And if she makes a kind gesture, oh, you're so good. alaikum. And he just goes. There's no, oh really? There's no such thing. So he's, he's guarding himself over and over again. And, he, and the harder he plays to get, meaning she thinks, that, oh, he's just being difficult. And then for a woman, sometimes in her pride, what happens? She needs to conquer him. Like in, her, her dominion is that I need to conquer. He's not giving me attention. How dare he? I'm going to do whatever I can to get his attention. Let's see how much he can resist. So what does she do one day? He's cleaning up, and while he's cleaning up, she goes, locks the door. And the bedroom, she locks the door, locks the other latch, the other multiple latches on the door. And the windows, multiple latches. And while he's busy, she's just going away. Lock. It's not like Yusuf was sitting there, and she's locking all the doors, and he's just looking at her, like, oh, that's interesting. That's not, that's not what's happening. He's busy doing his work, while she's sneakily kind of closing everything up, because she knows as soon as he finishes his work, and she says, Yusuf, why don't you just sit for a little bit? No, I have to go. Uh, you know, boss called me first. And he just runs away. She, does, she doesn't want him to run away this time. So she locks all the doors. And then she says to him, hurry up and come here. She uses the word, her, words, hurry up and come here. Now look, listen to me carefully. When he was a young boy, his father told him, Allah has given you a gift. You can interpret speech. Allah will teach you the ability to interpret all kinds of speech. Okay? Now, she doesn't say, I want you, come here. Or I, am, I, I desire you, let's commit zina. She didn't use those kinds of words. She, all she said in haytalak, you can say, Asri'ah, hurry up and come here. Now understand this. If he's working in that house, and she's the owner of the house, she uses that word all the time. Hurry up and cook. Hurry up and clean. Hurry up in this. Hurry up in that. Haytalak is used all the time. So she's not using a word that she doesn't use all the time. But Yusuf is smart enough to know that right now what she means by that hurry up and get over here is different from all the other million times she said it. He's smart enough to interpret the difference. You don't just hear the words, you have to hear what's behind the words. Because she could be really sneaky and say something and you say, no, no. Well, I didn't say anything. I just said, Assalamu alaikum wa <laughs> I didn't say anything. Well, yeah, you did. There's something behind the tone. There's something behind the scene, the gesture, 
the body language. All of it he recognizes, and he realizes this is code red. This is bad. And he recognizes that immediately, and what does he do? Qala ma'adallah. Qala ma'adallah. He said the words that I taught you, this dua for today, ma'adallah, which is translated, I seek the refuge of, uh, from Allah. Now, in three days now, twice with Yusuf, Musa alayhi salam, and now today with Yusuf alayhi salam, we're coming back to the word awd, to seek refuge, to cling on to Allah. But the word he used is actually more emphatic. There is no other place where there's no other isti'adha form, like you say, a'udhu billah, a'udhu billah, right? When you use those words, then that's the normal form of seeking Allah's protection. But in state of emergency, the most powerful way to say that is actually ma'adallah. First of all, because the ism is used. Second of all, because the fi'l is... I'll geeky with you for a little bit, because the verb is omitted. The fi'l is mahdhuf. It actually means a'udhu ma'adallah. It's you know, tawkidan. So it's an extra level of tawkid in this word. And it's actually not even ma'adallah, it should be ma'adhan. A'udhu billahi ma'adhan. But it's actually ma'adallah. A'udhu billahi ma'adallah. It's an incredible language. He's basically telling Allah, screaming out loud, Ya Allah, take me somewhere where I can hold on to you. And the word ma'adh, you see, you hear the ma in the beginning? That ma, the fatha in the beginning on the meme? That's actually called, it, it can also be called an ism dharf. A dharf is a time and a place. Ya Allah, take me away from this place where I can find refuge in you. This place is trouble. I'm not just asking for Allah's protection and His refuge, I'm actually asking Allah for an escape. Powerful words to make us realize that when a young man is hit with temptation, that is a state of emergency, and very, very few among young men in the world will be able to see that as a state of emergency until it's too late. Until they cross the line already. It's too easy to cross the line. And he recognizes the danger of it. So immediately he says, Ya Allah, I need to get out of this situation. I need to get out of this proximity. Because if you stay within that dangerous you know, gravitational zone, it'll pull you in. You got to get out of that orbit. You got to get away from it. Ma'adallah. It's very, very powerful. And so when he first says this, he is saying it out loud, first of all, to let her know that this is evil. And because, you know, she might make him think, what, what's wrong with you? What do you mean? Well, you think, I'm evil? I'm the devil? I'm the devil now? Oh, okay, I'm the problem, right? Oh, you're all righteous. And then he should feel better. and say, no, 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 I didn't say you're evil. Okay, let me sit down for a little bit. No, don't, don't fall into that game. إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَا Then he turns to Allah Azza wa and says, My Rabb has taken care... Basically, the basic translation would be, My Rabb has taken really good care of me and provided me housing and shelter all this time. My master is the one when I was a, a, a baby, when I was a child, when I was in a well, Allah provided for me. Allah protected me. And then He eventually brought me here where I can live, I can breathe, I can eat, I can sleep. He provided me all that rizq. I will not violate Allah. I will not leave the protection. I will hold on to Allah now more than ever. In other words, if I commit this crime, it's like I'm letting go of Allah. It's like I'm letting go. I can't do that. I can't do that to my Rabb. He's done too much good for me that I would do that to Him. You would think, this is not shirk, this is not kufr, you didn't reject Allah, you didn't go away from Allah, but no, he recognizes this crime will hurt your iman directly. This crime will take you away from Allah, take you away from the protection of Allah. So he admits that openly, إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَ Some have interpreted this to mean that the word Rabb refers to his master in the house, meaning the minister himself, the, the lady's husband. And he's basically even putting her to shame saying, my master, meaning your husband, has been good to me. Why would I do this? He's, he's also saying that at the same time. In other words, we're learning a hint that you have to stand up 
and you have to say the right thing, even if it's offensive. That's an offensive thing to say. How can you do this? He's your husband. It's an offensive thing to say, but when it comes before Allah, it's okay to hurt somebody else's feelings. If it comes to protecting yourself in that state, it's okay to be hurtful. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys get trapped into a relationship, and then they don't want to say the right thing because it might be hurtful. I'm like, I don't want to say it. I just, you know, I don't know how to get out of it because she'll start crying and I won't know what to do. It's okay if she cries. It's okay. You need Allah's protection and the one who guards you and cares for you cares more for her than you ever will. And you staying in something illegitimate and you staying in something haram and you continuing that is not out of love. Understand that. You are, are harming yourself and equally you are harming her. Equally you are harming her. And so get away from it. Out of love for yourself and out of love. If you have, if you have any care for her, do that too. Even if you have, if you just if it's care for her, you know when guys say, "But I love her too much." Not enough. Clearly, not enough. Because if she died right now, where would she go? What would Allah ask her? And you'd be okay with that. Is that love or is that selfishness? Is he love for anybody else who doesn't believe in Allah is something else? But love for someone who's holding on to Allah is something else. I, if you love someone, you don't just want good for their life now. You want good for this life and the next life. You want both. And if you don't want both, then it's not really love, is it? Who's okay with letting their family burn in hellfire? Who's okay with their family member or their, their loved one being condemned or questioned or interrogated? A person who commits zina is going to meet heavy penalty and the punishment will be doubled on them. Doubled. That's the standard punishment. This, this is what Allah is teaching us. And so these words, Allah. Hold on to them like a security, like your health insurance policy. When you're getting into trouble, when, you, when, you, when you're on campus, some of you guys are taking summer classes, Ramadan and summer classes, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. You know? Some of you at work, this is the situation. Some of you on social media, this is the situation. And if this situation is escalating, ma'adhallah. إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ And this young man, you know, young men don't think about the future. Young men just think about what they want to do right now. What do you want to eat right now, bro? What are we going to do tonight, bro? There's an exam tomorrow. I don't care. Let's talk about it over a burger. Like, you don't think long term. But Yusuf السلام, has long term thinking because Allah has given him hukum. So what does he say? إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ The fact of the matter is, people who do wrong will never succeed in life. They'll never succeed. Not in this life, not in the next life. This is a, it's a vital quality that a young man should have. You know, a young man in our ummah, especially in our ummah, the Prophet was afraid for them, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the men will, their biggest fitna will become women. That's not because women are evil, because we're, we're weak ourselves. We don't know how to put guards in for ourselves. And let me tell just one last thing to all of us. This is not something anybody's safe from. This is not, this is, if a Prophet like Yusuf alayhi salam, who's a Prophet of Allah, who about him, Yaqub told him, Allah has chosen you. He will teach you all kinds of speech. He will perfect his favor on you. These are the, these are the promises to Yusuf salam, and he feels scared. And he says, get me out of this. He doesn't say, Alhamdulillah, I'm the son of a prophet and grandson of a prophet and great-grandson of a prophet. I'm the son of Yaqub, the grandson of Ishaq and the great-grandson of Ibrahim salam. This ain't gonna get to me. I'm, you know, pure Iman lineage. So I'm immune from this. Nope. Nobody's immune. If a prophet is scared of it, if a prophet of Allah is scared of it, then who are we? Then there's no such thing. We're just friends, bro. I never have any bad thoughts. Hmm. Okay. Ma'adullah. 
from that thought. إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَايَا إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ May Allah Azza wa Jal protect our youth and protect all of us from falling into sin. May Allah Azza wa Jal help those of us that have already fallen into sin or are on their way into falling into sin to seek Allah's protection and to be able to get out of that situation to find themselves in a safer place where they can hold on to Allah and hold on to His deen. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayat wa dhikr al-Hakim. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.